0: Okay. No audio. I knew it. The light was on, but the volume was at z- zero zero. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's try this again. This is the Brodiallo show broadcasting straight out of the studios of Q4 Radio. Based in the city of Chirac, the state of Illinois, in the United States of America, In the overexploited hyper hyper exploited planet Earth in the misnamed Milky Way galaxy, do we get all that out the way? um I appreciate it. I'm a little under the weather. I'm popping these blues <laughs> I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner uh what are these herbal things to help with a little congestion? I'm I'm popping blues over here. Y'all know I'm about that life. I only got three left. I had one on the way. I'm gonna try to avoid while taking one on the on the show. I want to don't want to (laughs) be making sucking noises while I'm on the air. That's a different type of programming. (laughs) So anyway, I'm appreciate y'all being here. Uh Today, again, is February 13th, uh, 2023. We're halfway through Black History Month, Black Hysteria Month, Whack Hysteria Month, Black History Month. For y'all, it's White History Month for me. I told you I'm giving the coldest, shortest month back to white folks, and I'm going to take the rest of the year. Trade, no backsies. And people get mad at me. I don't want to go along with nothing. People think I hate for the sake of hating. When there is an absolute method to my madness, there is a rationale for the positions I take. And I try to explain why I take the positions I take that are often contrary to what everybody else want to do or what the state or what the status quo says. And when I articulate my positions, people just mad at me for not going along. And I promise you, I'm the easiest dude to win over to anything. You want me to do something? Just give me a reasonable argument. Show me some evidence. I'm the easiest dude to win over. I'm not a fundamentalist. I'm not an ideologue. I'm a rationalist. So if you can give me a reason argument, you want me to celebrate Black History Month? And I go and ask. I asked people, I said, what do you do on February differently than what you do between March and January? And then people would come and tell me, like, I had this professor come, this educated, rational, reasonable, lettered black man. I was going to say lettered Negro, but he might be listening. And this dude is long winded. So I don't want to provoke him again. The brother came and told me, "Well, um, I do a series of Black History lectures. I, 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 co- I conduct a series of lectures at this forum every February." I said, "Okay, you would not do those same lectures between March and." January, and then he's got very offended, and was like, "What? I I'm three sixty-five Black History, and I would do those lectures at any time, in any place." And I'm like, "Well, then you're not you're responding to my question, but you're not answering my question." I said, "What do you do?" Well, you you're, and then he starts attacking me, telling me I ain't studied, I don't know history, and just going in, just making shit up that he wants to believe to be true about me. And it might be true. It might be not. But how he know. And what does that have to do with the discussion? So I got everybody coming to tell me what they do for black history. And then I said, did you read the question? I wanted to know, what do you do? What do you do during Black History Month that you don't do any other time? And then when people would tell me their Black History events, they all claim that any other time, any time, any place. Who did that song? Janet Jackson, any time, any place. Now that's going to eat away at me. Let me check. Yes, Janet Jackson. <laughs> okay. I just wondered, that would have been a little nugget in my head. So any time, any place. Everybody that tells me what they do on Black History. They claim they either did do it any other time Or they would be willing to. And then some people was like, well, the only reason I do it on Black History Month is because that's when I get the invitation to come out. That's when we have the assemblies. And I said, well, maybe you can go to those people who have the assemblies, who have the forums, who have the events, who have the lectures, go to them and ask them. Why they reserve. And so you can't answer this question because you're a black person. Every black person I run into is like, we Black History Month 365. There's a huge skyscraper downtown Chicago, huge, that has red, black, and green lights lit up on the skyscraper. And it has Black History 365 up and down the side of the building. Huge. You driving down Lakeshore, you can't miss it or driving down, driving up, going uptown, going towards the wealthy white areas. If you ever have an occasion to be going that way in the evening on the lakeshore, just after you pass that goddamn Chicago Bears stadium, you'll see it. But it don't mean shit to me because on 4th of July, they got 4th of July, red, white, and blue. They just, they that's a whole ass building. It celebrates, it don't stand for shit. I'm pretty sure they working on a, uh, uh Juneteenth celebration, but they do Easter. <laughs> you know they do Eid. They do everything. So you know, there was a movie called Fresh, and uh, there's a movie I saw. I was relatively young called Fresh, and well, it's a whole bunch of it. But anyway, it's about this poor black kid trying to get out to ghetto, and there was one section where this old lady, which kind of Triggered me because this is how I came up. There was this old black lady living in the slums, and she had a house full of kids. She had kids, three, four bunk beds in every room. She had kids sleeping on the couch, kids sleeping on pallets on the floor. And that's how I came up. I get up and get ready for school. I got to step over my cousins and uncles and sleeping on the floor. And so, anyway, This kid was like feeling down and he was like, yeah, I'm out here. I got to make a way in the world for myself. And his sister came to him and said, listen, grandma loves you. And they were like, grandma, love everybody. So her love is for free. Grandma loves and embraces everybody. Why would I feel feel special that a woman who gives equal love to everybody loves me? It it ain't worth nothing. And that really stuck with me. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be mad selective. You know, my love going to come with terms and conditions. I ain't just going to be putting my love out here. I ain't going to just be put up, putting up my feelings for anybody. So anyway, that's what this building is. But anyway, I think I'm going to do a show segment on my show called the comment section. Where I just take the comments that come. Messages people send me. I'm not going to tell people's names because people might stop giving me foolishness. Well, maybe I should tell their names, but I don't. I don't want people to embarrass themselves. Because I'm probably not going to do this, but I'm tempted at times to do this because people come to me with the biggest absurdities. And I don't mean just regular people. I don't mean just round fillets. I mean, Dr. Negro, emeritus. Educated Negro, established Negroes, well-traveled and well-groomed Negroes come to me talking utter nonsense. And I don't claim to be the smartest man, the most studied man. You know I ain't the most lettered man, but the only thing I really will pride myself and say and say, listen, I'll stand on reason and evidence. Which has been hard. It has been extremely unpleasant standing on reason and evidence. And I don't want y'all to think that I'm triumphant or brave or anything special about me standing on reason and evidence. Because it, 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 it's it's not really pleasant because one thing standing on reason and evidence will not allow you to do is be locked in. Allow you to be like steadfast. When you stand on reason and evidence, you have to change your position, amend your position, adjust your position, expand your position, contract your position. So people want to look at you, you know, y'all remember that song solid as a rock. And so if you speak or you put yourself out there publicly. And people you used to kick it with and y'all used to be able to sit and chill and kick it with. And they expect to be able to talk a certain way, conduct themselves a certain way around you. And then you'd be like, you know what? I came across this information. Or, you know, I have this thought and I don't think we should do this. We should do that. I don't think we should go here. We should go there. And that gets to be annoying. And I get it. People can't take me all the time. You know, because we were raised to think that goodness, power, righteousness, our destiny is unchanged. God, God wrote new our how our path God is all knowing and omnipresent. God knows how many numbers of hairs are on our head and God knows our destiny. God knows our heart. So we were indoctrinated into a culture that had this myth that things were locked in and our, we're made in God's image and God has never changed. God has always been here and God is unchanging. And people just think, well, that's just what religion, you know, what you believe greatly affects the material reality, not just that you construct around yourself, but that gravitator that is attracted to you. And it's simplistic. It's inaccurate. It's infantile, but it's very comforting. And even when people believe they're being secular, even when people believe that they are open to arguments and open to learning new things. Many people that I encounter just want some solid as a rock. They want shit to be solid, consistent and the same. Who wants to grow up and question everything? It's exhausting. I know. I'm always tired, man, mentally. So grandma grew up feeding me grits, cornbread, hog mogs, chitlins. That's what you eat. I grew up sitting on my daddy's lap watching the game when I'm a little toddler and and, and my dad who never smiled, my dad who who didn't show much affection. But when the games was on, when Jordan was dunking balls, when Walter Payton was chasing balls and jumping over dudes head, I would see my dad give more emotion and show, open up more. He would hug me, kiss me on the forehead, you know? And so they get that locked into that game and they be like, man, you trying to take away my sports. You trying to take away my comfortable food. You ain't trying to take it. You want me to question it? You want me to examine it? You want me to dissect it? Don't nobody got time for that, man. What's wrong with you? You hate on everything. You hate on everybody. You always hating. So I understand. I know why it's hard to take me. I know where the hateration comes from. I know where the irrational. I understand it. And it's not a pleasant thing to understand. It's not that I'm a bragging. We all seen the matrix where that dude was like, plug me back to blood clot in. Reality's too real. (laughs) Reality's too real. I understand, but we got to do it. There was a time where humanity could believe crazy shit. We could believe that our ancestors were in some special dimension working and manipulating the world on our behalf. We could believe that there was an apocalyptic God that any day he was going to swarm down and and, and wipe all the wickedness from the world. We could believe all kind of crazy shit from Abrahamic to African religion. We could believe that spirit flows through trees and trees could communicate with us. We could believe that crystals. Emitted positive energy. And that we had chakras and, and energy centers that aligned in our body. But now we live in a world where humans have developed the capacity to kill millions of people within an instant to contaminate, to to create explosions that can send up enough debris into the atmosphere that could block out the sun for the next 150 years and kill all vegetation on the surface and in the ocean. So humans, due to technological advancement, can no longer play around with these insane ideas and concepts and belief systems. Under oppression, because of the toxic chemicals, the intensive stress, the particulates, the toxic particulates, we can no longer accept, oh, this healing herb, take the power of the panther away, which is, it's now believing crazy shit, delusional shit, believing things that are grounded in evidence and facts, Is much the, the cost is much higher now. If you lived in a rural community and you would only your your actions would only impact a couple of dozen people, you could believe whatever crazy shit you wanted about anything. Oh, I don't care nothing about this global warming stuff because before, but before the world burned up, God is gonna return. We don't have to. I'll cut down these trees. I'll pour this more motor oil into the sewer drain. It don't matter. This world ain't nothing but a waste station. Our ancestors will guard us. Our ancestors will guide us. God will not put more on us than we can bear. That type of belief from your heart got people all messed up in the game. And like I said, those beliefs came at a time where it was different beliefs. And I said last Monday, was I here last Monday? <laughs> I said the last time I was here appropriate thing for the appropriate time in the appropriate place, things that at one point in time in history, things that at one point in 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 physical geography. Things in one environment that will help you to grow, that will help you to be a functional member of a community or a collective or a system. Those exact same things in a different time, in a different place, can have you all effed up in the game, will turn you from an asset to your people to a liability. So you can't just come to me and say, You black, it's Black History Month, get with the program. You black and your ancestor was enslaved and it's Juneteenth, get with the program. Take these barbecue tongs and get on that grill. You black, it's the day after Christmas, pull out that Kenora, burn them candles and, and, and goozle sobble your ass for the next seven days and shut the hell up. I question everything. And the things I question most intensely are things that are attractive to me. I examine more things that are attractive to me than things that aren't. My wife, to me, is the most beautiful woman in the world. So I'm going to pay most attention to her. We're going to build a life together. We're going to uh, 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 procreate and raise children together. We're going to pull all our assets and put everything into one big pot. I'm going to pay more attention to her than any other woman in this world. Even my own mama, my great auntie, women I, who raised me, I'm going to pay attention to the things that matter the most to me. And not just pay attention, I'm just going to love up on it. I'm going to pay critical attention to it. I'm going to watch how it's evolving or devolving, developing or going up or down. It ain't just sunshine. I'm not a baby. I'm not a child. It ain't going to be sunshine every day. So when it comes to something black, I'm critical of it. And people mad at me. So, yes, I have issues with black history. I have issues with Juneteenth. I have issues with the proposed Harriet Tubman. Twenty dollar bill. I have issues. Once you put black on something, yes, I'm even more critical of it than white folks business. What you want from me? But anyway. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. And I ain't mad at y'all for watching the Super Bowl. If you wanted to watch it, I've never watched the Super Bowl in my life. Not one time. I can't. I've tried. Believe you me. I came up just like the rest of y'all. I didn't have no special nothing. So, yeah, I see my uncles. Some of them want to gamble on the game. It was chicken wings and Doritos and, 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 and everybody wearing the same shirt. Everybody going crazy. Right. But I don't mind you watching the Super Bowl because, you know, the oppression, the genocide, the ecocide, the racism. It'll be like, oh, wait, enjoy the Super Bowl. Racism standing there waiting for y'all to finish you, your, your festivities. The genocide. Mass extinction. Just sitting here. You done yet? OK, take your time. I'll be here when you're done. <laughs> but many of y'all like, shit, I didn't pay no attention before the game. I ain't paying no attention after the game. What's going on now in the NBA draft? They trading these Negroes like racehorses. White men sitting in a smoky boardroom, like, okay, I ever got three colored boys, so and I'll take eight of your colored boys in. And we sitting here watching, ooh, where you going? How much money gonna get? As if it got shit to do with us. And the same guy, this is weird to me. I don't know. Just I don't know. I grew up in a gang infested neighborhood infestation. Dudes out here set tripping over land. They don't even own, right? And it's like, it was, I had the OGs in my neighborhood. OGs in my neighborhood, right? And I'm cool with this OG. Well, they OGs now. Back then, they was was putting in work. They was building their names up. They was just Gs, right? So I got a G from my neighborhood. I'm gonna tell you, I just be like one of my favorite Gs. And he's passed away, he was, he was shot. But I mean, just one of the most noble, interesting people I've ever met. Dion, Ponyboy, right? And so he's repping my hood and got me out of some binds. you know, some cats from other neighborhoods. And I wasn't even, I wasn't a G, not even a lowercase G. I was further down the alphabet. I was like a W, I was a R, real Rs, I, cause I'd run. I was Forrest Gump before that movie came out. I was Forrest Gumping in the 80s. Run, Diallo, run. So anyway, he would pull me out of some binds because sometimes my mouth would get me in trouble even though I wasn't into nothing. But anyway, if he was like got recruited to another neighborhood, like my hood 75th street was beefing with 57th street the road dog and if if there was a little beef couple of drive-bys like if he got traded to the 57th street road dog am i all of a sudden gonna change my allegiance it's just weird to me so with these teams where you could be rooting for because i was rooting for my neighborhood right so if you're rooting for a ball chaser in on the new york nets You're a New York Nets fan, and you've been rooting for this dude all year. Go, chase the ball, dunk the ball. Go, go, boy. And then he gets traded to Texas. Then he's chasing balls for Texas, and now you're like, boo, boo, you. Boo. Like, to me, that's just weird how they could just have you like that. You know, I just, the fact that they could just have us switching like, it's been weird to me. For some reason, it makes sense to y'all. Like, I like this particular ball chaser when he's wearing wearing this jersey. And when he's wearing this jersey, I want him to win. But when he puts on that jersey, I want him to lose because this is my team. And that whole my team shit, I could never get into my team. I could never. I could never. I can. But forget my. I can't get into that my city shit. I was around, I'm old enough to kind of remember before people was like, rep your hood, claim your hood, throw your neighborhood in the air, oh yeah, throw your neighborhood in the air. That shit was always weird to me too. Like, fuck these cracked sidewalks. These uneven cracked sidewalks. No shoddy ass street lights And this substandard housing built with toxic ass Uh, 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 low quality drywall them synthetic carpets with the mold and mushrooms growing out of synthetic carpet these cut rate appliances that are always glitching never get the right temperature in the stove don't get the right temperature in the refrigerator fuck this hood and everything about it the only thing of any value here are the people the flesh and bone the only thing I ever cared about the people them and I didn't care where they lived. So you can live in my neighborhood or you could go to the, to the opposing neighborhood. You could get up and skip town. My affections and my positions on you never changed. I even had homies. My OG, my day one OG got up and moved to a rival neighborhood. And I'm supposed to be like, oh, he over there now. That shit was always weird to me. I don't understand it. But anyway, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. But I got some takeaways. I like to do my show because when I'm on the mix show, people don't like me to talk about things I don't know about. Here I get to talk about things I know nothing about and nobody bothers me. (laughs) So I never watched the Super Bowl day in my life and I have tried. I'm not. Even saying this to brag, if you like the Super Bowl, if you like to see them men's and the colorful uniforms, if you are alpha manly male. If you are real G and you like to see those men's in them skin tight, shiny outfits, matching chorus line, colorful outfits. Buxom men curvaceous men chase balls and bang themselves against each other i don't see how dudes could be like homophobic or transphobic i mean because the more manly shit gets the more homoerotic there's nothing more homoerotic than manly men you know but i don't understand again i'm an outsider these alpha males if you like the game i'm not trying to tear you down if i liked it i'd say it if i could watch it i can't watch i look at this shit and it's just, it speaks nothing to me. Does nothing for me. But anyway, I did take some things away. There was some good news. There was some good news in the Super Bowl. One thing, there was this billion dollar, multi-billion dollar campaign to promote Jesus to America. And promoting Jesus and Christianity to Americans is like promoting freaking racism to America like what's more American than like why you got to cheat somebody like Jesus is every goddamn where. but anyway I had heard about this before so I didn't even I heard about it before the Super Bowl like he gets us like Jesus and and that's a good thing though I'm glad that these religious fanatics that these Christian POS's and if you don't know what POS's mean pieces of shit if these theologians feel like they got to come up off a billion dollars. First of all, how are you worshiping a a man who who wore tattered clothing and rode a donkey and said it is easier for the ammo, a a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the gates of heaven. First of all, Jesus basically said, your ass, you going to burn bung dung Babylon. If you're rich, you're going to go to hell, eternal torture. And another man came to Jesus and said, oh, Jesus, you, you the man, Jesus. What can I do to be more like you? He said, give away all your worldly possessions. Give everything you got to the poor and kick it. Let's, let's, let's just ease on down the road. Let's head on down this yellow big road. We're Going to the crucifix of Oz or whatever. I don't remember the story. It's been a minute since I've been to church, but something like that. Jesus had a little dog named Toto and pulled the thorn out of a lion's foot. But anyway, some dude was like, Jesus, what you want me to do? And so anyway, there's this, he gets us. They have a website. Now, there's been over a billion dollars given to this campaign, right? (laughs) To promote Jesus to Americans, which blows my mind. Like I said, trying to, selling Jesus to Americans is like selling racism in America. It's like selling money, like trying to convince people to want money. It's like the most American shit you could have. Like, what in the world is going on? Why do and and, and what's even weirder about this? He gets us campaign that is it's, it's multi denominational. So you got the Christian evangelicals, you got the Baptists, the Methodists, you got the Catholics, and the and the Baptists, the Protestant and the Catholics are are all putting in on this. I'm like, wow, what the fuck? And so if you watch the Super Bowl. There was commercial. He gets us. They spent twenty million dollars, not to alleviate hunger, not on healthcare, not on housing the poor, not on feeding the hungry. They spent twenty million dollars uh, on ads for the Super Bowl. That's twenty. So don't don't cry because that's out of the one billion dollar pot, right? And if you look for the donors, the donors are anonymous. Except there's one, this one crazy cracker named uh, David Green. He's over Hobby Lobby. Let me tell you, if you're shopping at Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A, don't go to these evangelical businesses. What's the point? Don't shop at these fucking apocalyptic businesses. They don't need your money. They believe the world's going to end. You know, and why would you go to a, a business where that that is run by a CEO or an owners that believe that the end is nigh? That's like going to Jim Jones restaurant any day. Chick-fil-A, White D, that David Green, the founder of Hobby Lobby, just might one day be like, yeah, you know, ignite, burn up all the stores. You don't know what he do. That Chick-fil-A CEOs, he might, you you don't know. They be like, okay, it's time to lace the food. God told me, I don't go to no evangelical business. If you openly evangelical, I'm not coming into no apocalyptic nothing. I ain't joining nothing that's apocalyptic. And everybody make fun of those people that died with Jim Jones we, 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 we elect evangelicals to office, finger on the button. And we think we better or smarter than them people down there with Jim Jones and Guyana. But anyway, the, the founder of Hobby Lobby, this guy named David Green, said to hell with that anonymous. I'm going to say I've given millions of dollars to this or the money your grandma gave him to buy her crochet needles. He's going to go and give it to a, a give get that money to promote Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. <laughs> this is, shit is crazy, right? And David Green is a grave robber. He's been investigated by the federal government and international agencies because he hires people with his billions of dollars your grandma gave him from going to buy her crochet needles. He goes all over the world stealing artifacts that he believes are religious, that that, that are evidence of his Christ. So this dude is like a shitty version of Indiana Jones. Look it up. And so this grave robber, when he's not financing the the, the theft of artifacts from other cultures, mainly in North Africa and the Middle East, Bethlehem, (laughs) the Holy Land, when he's not literally financing, stealing the theft of of archaeological and historical art and cultural artifacts from other countries, he's promoting Jesus, right? And you want to ask why in the world are they spending $20 million at the Super Bowl to tell people Jesus gets us and they got over a billion dollars. So it's just starting. That was the launch. 20 million was the launch. They still have close to a billion dollars left over. Right. And here's why. Uh, Church attendance has been declining for the last 50 years. Just since 2019 church attendance has gone from 34% to 28%. And that's just attendance to church. The churches are empty. I remember my, I have an uncle who's a minister and I went to his church, man, it was sparse. Them pews, them wooden pews was empty as hell. And I remember when I was a kid going to church, they'd have to bring in folding chairs because all the pews would fill up. They put in folding chairs up and down the aisle, violating fire code. But who what you need fire coals? First of all, you should take all the fire coals, take all the sprinklers out the church, take the goddamn locks off the church doors. When I was a little kid, I didn't believe they locked the church doors. I don't know where I where I got that from, but I didn't believe that church church doors had locks on them. Because who's gonna go up in God's house? You know. I think people have at least as much respect for God's house as they would have for the local trap house. Because, you know, you ain't running up in the trap house starting no shit or trying to take nothing. (laughs) How come the trap house gets more awe and respect than the the church? But I digress. So church attendance is down less than 30 percent of Americans. Now, most Americans are like secular Christians. It's weird. They'll tell you they believe in God, but they don't go to church. My uncle used to call them churchianities. Right? So church is losing revenues. Church is losing attendance. And atheism is one of the fastest growing positions. Nonbelief is the fastest growing ideology in this country. And I would love to step up and say, hey, this is because me. I have had a few people come to me and be like, bro, you helped me to get over this delusion. Because I've been talking greasy about God since I was 14, 15 years old. I had people put hands on me. I've had relatives who have disowned me and stopped talking to me. You know, because I'm like, I'm just going to call it. Ain't no way you're going to have an ideology, a belief system, a collective delusion. That has committed everything from colon that has justified everything from colonization, slavery, genocide, and rape. And you think I'm a rock with this shit? You think I'm not going to call it out? You're going to tell me to respect other people's beliefs? I don't respect your beliefs unless you got respectable beliefs. What the hell is this blanket? you got? Re- People believe all kind of crazy shit. Why would Christianity, one of the most broad and powerful and impactful belief systems in the world, just get a free pass? You should respect my beliefs. OK, maybe I should. Tell me what they are. The, the world was made in seven days and the earth is flat, covered by a firmament. And uh, the uh, man was made out of clay and a woman was pulled from his rib. I'd be like, stop right there. You ain't even got out of your first verse of your first chapter and you are an idiot. This is some dumb shit. I don't respect it. Oh, I didn't get to the good parts. I, I, I didn't get to the parts stoning to death, gouging out of eyes, incest, talking animals. The curse, cursed. All women are cursed for all time. Because a woman ate some forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge. I didn't get to where God drowns everybody and then promises to never drown us again, but promises to burn us all. I didn't get to the good parts. And you, tell, you got Brother Diallo, you would go a lot further if you didn't disrespect people's belief system. I would be a lot further if motherfuckers respected their own systems. Respect means to look at. I respect most people's religions more than they do because I take a serious look at them. Most people that believe shit just take it for granted. This is what I believe. This is how I roll, son. I take more time to examine and really look at and really question. You don't respect your own religion. You just follow. You don't need to respect something to follow it. You ever see a dog following a human down the street? Let me tell you something. If you had a stroke and passed out in the house, that dog would eat your face. Your dog does have affection for you. It does have a connection to you. But when shit, when shit goes down, dogs, are, we anthropomorphize, we project human sentiments on animals. We'll see literally a predatory animal. There was a, uh, a, a, a a leopard that ate a monkey. And that monkey, when it got ate by the leopard, had a little baby monkey attached to the mother. And the leopard ate the mother. And then the baby monkey started holding on to the leopard. And people were sharing this video all over. Oh, this leopard adopted this baby monkey. And the leopard must feel guilt and affection. <laughs> And you notice they cut that camera real quick because the leopard, once it got hungry again, ate the baby monkey. But we we don't want to know that part. So anyway, all that to say is I'm actually happy that the, they got a billion dollars they're going to spend on trying to buy Jesus because that further delegitimizes it. That shows me that it's working. And again, it's not me. It's not atheist, secularist, anti-theist like myself. It is all the. The child predation, all the irrationality, all the racism, all of the hypocrisy and contradiction. They were like, God is free will. God will, you must come to God. And then they're going to try to legislate religion, take away women's uh, uh, reproductive rights, the right to abortion, the right to contraception. So they're doing it. They're doing the. The religious people do more damage to religion than I could ever do, even though I'm going to keep doing my part. So that's one of the takeaway. Church attendance is down. Whenever you see this, he gets us. Whenever you see these religious commercials, let it be known. That's money they're not spending on what they claim their mission was. They help the poor and all that bullshit. And then hopefully we'll get to enough secular, intelligent people where we take away the tax exempt status of the churches, tax the land, tax the revenue, tax the, the vehicles, tax the ministers, tax the pastor, tax the padre, tax the masjid, tax the mosque, tax the temple, tax religion. God damn it. But I, okay, anyway, that's what I took away. That's what stood out to me with this year's Super Bowl. Right? So, <clears throat> I also didn't watch the Grammys. <laughs> so, I'm going to talk about Grammys, which I didn't watch one second of. Right? Because what what else can I do is talk about shit I know next to nothing about. Didn't watch the Grammys, just totally uninterested. Every time, this time of year, I think of KRS1, the award shows for pimps and hoes, and every other hypocrite to show off their clothes. That's all it is. Hypocrites showing off their their, their, their opulence. So what did I take? People saying, even though Beyonce got more Grammys than anybody else on the planet, people believed Beyonce got robbed. I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of Beyonce. And the only time I hear Beyonce songs is when it's a TikTok dance. But beyond that, I, it's not moved by her music. That whole Beyonce worship thing is weird to me. I mean, it's weird, but I don't care. Class enemy. You ask me about Beyonce, that's the first thing to come to my mind. Class enemy. And then there's people talking about devil worship and devils. (laughs) I don't have time, but I intend, you know, when I get back, I got a lot of shit to do. This is a very busy week for me. I don't even have time to be sitting here talking to y'all. And Lord knows y'all don't deserve to have me here talking to y'all. But shout out to my patrons. Shout out to people who make contributions and support this show. Because if not them, I wouldn't be here. You know. If not them, I would not be here. But anyway, uh, devil worship, <laughs> black people. And so what I intend to do when I get some time, hopefully I have some little downtime when I get back from Los Angeles um, and I can sit and watch all these spooked out ass Negroes talk about the demonic Illuminati Grammys. I, I genuinely enjoy spooked out Negroes talking nonsense. I'd enjoy watching a full grown adult sit there and talk about the boogeyman. <laughs> that shit just enter- it tickles me. I don't get much pleasure out of life. So, so, you know, you can say I'm a bad person for getting entertainment from people's irrational fears. Sue me. Because I don't like to see people suffer. So seeing people volunteer to suffer over something that's not real. So I already got them lined up. I already got them uh, 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 saved. I got the link saved for all these dudes sitting here, you see the Illuminati handshake and this Illuminati. And I'm like, listen, you idiot, you're not breaking shit down. The artists are literally coming out on the stage with devil horns and pitchforks. So you, we don't need your insights. We don't need your breakdown. We don't need your numerology and, uh, and, 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 and uh, psychology and symbology. We don't need it. Cause the dude is literally like devil, devil, devil with a pitchfork and a horn and a fork tail. Like, okay, what are you breaking down? It's obvious. Yes, they want to evoke the devil. See, brother, they, they're trying to get your man. They're trying to capture your man. Why not go and there's a lot of shit, complex shit that you can analyze. You can sit down and dissect for the community. It's shit so obvious. Oh, wow, man. If that brother hadn't had told me that was demonic, I would have never known. I just thought it was, you know, just regular me. How did I thank goodness that he could tell me that that man in the devil suit was being demonic? <laughs> Uh, you know, and we've been knowing since the Roman Empire that rich people can get freaky. You got all that money; all your needs are met. You get you need higher levels of stimulation. Rich rich folks are freaky. What else are you telling? What what else? We've been knowing that they didn't roll, they they didn't painted murals of orgies since since the the, the Roman Empire. Okay, what what you think you telling? What you think you breaking down? What you think you who you think you enlightening? You know. Freaky diggy sitting here watching rich, freaky people do rich, freaky shit. You know, come on now, find something else to dissect, dissect, you know, go and get the policy platform of the candidates of your local elections and break that down. Do something help that helps people, actually. So anyway, and then the 50 years of hip hop, I saw all the old heads, my homies, my peers on there talking about who should have been represented at the 50 years of hip hop and who wasn't who should have been on that stage and what era they looked over. So everybody hip hop scholars, you know, I don't care. Hip hop, my hip hop, you know, like I remember Chuck D said, most of my heroes don't appear in no stamps. Most of my favorite rappers don't get Grammys. I can't even say that shit no more. But my favorite MC, wise, intelligent, poor, righteous teacher wasn't there. My favorite underground rappers weren't there. KRS1 was there. Big fan of Boogie Down production. Duction will always get paid, paid. Take the wackest song and make it better. Anyway, Boogie Down wasn't there. Pasta News was there. We lost uh uh Dave, True Goy the dove. One third of De La Soul is dead. Man, that that oh gosh, that that. That's one I feel, man. You know, De La Soul fan. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of of, of, of De La. And you know what's most tragic? For me, I never got to see them cats live. It was so weird. One of my favorite groups. And it always, like, when I'd be... In college, and then I'd be going home for the spring or the summer, and then I'd see a flyer or something like De La Soul's coming to town, and I'd be leaving town, or I'd be coming back to town, and De La just came. I never. I remember I I was trying to get tickets for SOBs, and they were performing at SOBs, and I went to get tickets, and the, and they were sold out. I never ever ever got to see them perform live. I got to see most. I got to see P.E. I got to see Boogie Down. I got to see poor righteous teachers or at least wise, intelligent. I had to see Common back when Common, before Common started cooning. Before Common lost his sense. I got to see Black Star, Talib and most like most of the groups I really like. I got to see live. But Dayla, I never got to see. I've been listening to Dayla since 89. 1989. That's a long ass time to be listening to some. You know, that used to be my road trip music. Dayla. Anyway. Rest in peace. Brother died of congestive heart failure. What's really fucked up in America. Black men, we got the highest homicide rates. We have the highest potential to die from a violent crime between 15 and 25 15 and 30 our homicide violent death rates are off the charts and if you make it past that minefield of being a the highest potential for a homicide in the country in an already murderous country this is a murderous country. This country has a death urge. This is a death cult. America is a death cult. And don't get mad at me. I can quote you white boys, white scholars, white psychologists, white social scientists. that say, yeah, this country is there's some special. I mean, white. I mean, they the, the white people of white. Remember, they were saying the white people of black people are black men, heterosexual black men. The white people of white people are Americans. It's Nazis in Europe like, oh, my goodness, what is a it? hey, mate? It's Australians but still murdering and genociding aboriginals. And they're like, oh, mate, what is wrong with America? Embarrassing the whole race, bringing the whole race down. American white folks is a special kind of breed of white folks. What is going on? Is it because they're so isolated? I don't know. I mean, Australia was a penal colony. They sent their most insane folks there to interbreed with each other. But America still, this is a madness. Even the Canadians, the Canadians are over here in the same hemisphere. And the Canadians, I mean, they're all racist. I ain't trying to say there's no good white folks. Because you got black people packing up <clears throat> in the United States like, I'm moving to Canada. I'm moving to France. So another one of my favorite rappers that should have been there, Jay Rue the Damager. Free Mortal Kombat Fatality, the original, don't sing no RB, nasty, deity, MC. Shout out to J. Rude, the damager. I'ma give you your props if nobody else. Talk about pioneer hip hop icon. He didn't move to Germany, gave up his US citizenship. Y'all think, ladies, don't let me, even though I'm sitting here talking about white Americans like a dog, don't think you can go to italy to portugal spain the uk and think you find they might have you know friendlier sounding accents but uh, uh, you know i have to tell you israel i know mad black people that did move to the motherland the holy land of israel and i'm like you just shitty as hell if you move to israel you better show 100 solidarity to the palestinian genocide and and to fight against you know israeli apartheid but i've I'm about to go down a whole nother line. All I'm saying is, even though I'm talking about these white folks here like a dog, don't think I'm trying to give props to the other crazy ass white folks. Ain't no good (laughs) white. Or as Dr. Kalei Muhammad said, this might get me. I can't say the word. I'll say saltine. He said a saltine is a saltine is a saltine is a saltine. (laughs) You know. I'll just leave it at that. Don't be trying to clap. But all that to say, white folks in this country, goddamn, Mississippi, goddamn, all of America, goddamn. Anyway, 50 years of hip hop. Let's move on. Oh, uh, got some horrible news that people would think uh, is good news. Um, there was a train derailment in Palestine, Ohio, some backwoods white, you know, Trump country. Rural America. There was a train derailed that dumped a shit ton of a vinyl chloride and they evacuated this town. Thousands of people had to leave their town. And this was on uh, February 3rd and this train derailed. And if you want to know, you know, um, Dave Chappelle lives in Ohio. Weirdo. <laughs> it's like what kind of dude got money and live in Ohio? My brother went to Ohio, because I've been to Ohio more. My brother went to Ohio State. He played basketball there. D1. And so I and he got married. He met his wife in Ohio. He got married in Ohio. And uh so I was always in Ohio. You know, you see that movie Everybody Hates Chris. I'm Chris. And my brother is the little brother. It's just the same way. He's the athlete, you know big six foot eight muscle bound good boy church going good godly man anyway so I was always in Ohio <clears throat> I need to take one of these blues like I said I'm about that life I'm a stoner I need to take one of these blues I hate to do this to y'all but if y'all don't want me hacking up on this mic I have to do it I normally don't chew gum in this up but got something in there <clears throat> I'm sorry. I don't be let me mute my mic for one second. Okay, I'm back. Unmute. I dropped one of my blues. Now I'm about to crawl around on the floor. Hold on. Hold on. On your hands and knees searching for a piece of rock. I got two left, man. When these are gone, I'm gone. This is the only reason I only reason I make I need drugs to get out of bed. Anyway. I was in Ohio more than I ever thought. To me, Ohio was drive-through. I get on that 70 highway, shoot through Indiana, shoot through Ohio, and get to New York. To me, Ohio, I'm going. Chicago, New York, St. Louis. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Never stop. don't even stop for gas, right? Anyway. I'm there for weddings. My brother got met his wife and got married, and you know, cause Ohio's weird. You see bone thugs in harmony, and dudes are millionaires and still look broke as hell. I mean the braids, and the run over Converse. I'm gonna miss everybody. That's all. I mean. Anyway, what am I talking about? There was a train derailment, and Dave Chappelle lives in Ohio, and so Dave Chappelle lives in a larger kind of town but 150 miles from where Dave Chappelle lives in rural white America which is a weird dude Dave Chappelle's a weirdo but maybe that's what talent just does that to you makes you weird so there was this train carrying this substance called vinyl chlorine and vinyl chlorine is everywhere it's in plastic they use it in plastic like PVC pipes and all that but it's very highly toxic and highly volatile so a train derailed on the 3rd Of February, and there was all this vinyl chloride, and they decided we can't clean this shit up. It's too toxic, it's too volatile. And what they said is we're gonna create a perimeter and let this shit burn off. I can't do this. Hold on, can't talk with this shit in my mouth. So I'm just suffering. Yeah, I I suffer for y'all. And here I am. It's evidence that I suffer from y'all. Y'all believe in Jesus and give him 10% of your income because <clears throat> of a story. Y'all heard he suffered for y'all. Y'all look at me on tape and listen to me off the radio waves suffering for y'all. And y'all can't give a contribution to the y'all. Anyway, donate support. Anyway, for six days, they let this shit burn, 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 burn. And they were like, just let it burn off and get everybody. And then on the 3rd, they ran everybody out of town. And then on the ninth they were like, everybody come back. Backseas. Just a couple of days ago. they's are like, everybody is safe. Come on back. Come back to Jamaica. Come on. And everybody started coming home. And I'm like, wait a second. This shit contaminates the air and the water. And you just had a big bonfire, a huge mega Three, that shit took, uh, what's three plus? (laughs) What's three minus nine? Six days, a a week. You just got this big bonfire spewing toxic vinyl chlorine particles into the air. And the two ways that we get, and what does vinyl chlorine does? It damages your liver. It damages your kidneys, basically all your internal organ system. It's a carcinogenic and it disrupts your neural pathways. So central nervous problems. Cognitive issues, liver, cancer, kidney failure, respiratory uh, infections and cancer, even your spleen. Nothing bothers the spleen. The spleen, we don't even know where the spleen is. Doctors don't know where the spleen is. They just say the spleen. We don't even know if the spleen exists. They just say that when they can't figure out what's wrong with you, they tell you it's your spleen. And they know you're not going to ask no more questions because you don't. Oh, my spleen. Oh, oh, okay. Well, where is it? Point to your spleen right now. You can't. Don't lie. Say, so how the hell this vinyl chlorine shit will fuck up your spleen? Don't nothing mess with the spleen. The spleen is all that's left. You got somebody all messed up. I've been shot. Oh, yeah. My kidneys. Oh, Oh, yeah. Well, how about your spleen? Oh, my spleen? You never hear nobody. When the last time you met somebody with a spleen problem? When last time you ran into somebody, like, how you doing? Everything? Well, you know, my spleen messing with me. My spleen acting up on me. Now, now, now I looked this shit up. Vinyl chlorine will give you cancer of the spleen. I don't even bring my spleen. My spleen is at home in a drawer. I got to go check. And this shit burned, and the the plumes went miles into the air. So the whole region is contaminated. Y'all pray for Dave Chappelle. He's only 150 miles away from that train wreck. I don't know. Just say Chappelle, because he never seems to be there. He's in Ghana. He's in Los Angeles. I think he just stores his woman there. He keeps his belongings like a giant. He uses Ohio as like a giant self-storage because he never seemed to be there. He, I, he shows up. <laughs> I don't know. This is a weird dude. When you get money like that, who knows how you live? I'll never know. I'm a socialist. If I got a dollar, I, I immediately begin to work on redistributing everything I got. So anyway, uh, I looked up because I was like, why did this train wreck? It's Curious about the U.S. rail system and these independent agencies go around and evaluate infrastructures in the United States and across the world. And to my surprise. The United States and this was a commercial freight. You have two separate lines. You got the um The passenger freight train lines and you got the commercial freight lines that carry oil and 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 packages and goods and and toxic chemicals on those lines right and you know there's over 250 million people in the united states who live within the blast zone live within the blast zone of these freight cars and the blast zone is basically saying if um, a train is carrying toxic chemicals or if a train is carrying nuclear waste, you know, if a train is carrying something that is either uh, volatile or toxic, how many people over what area will be affected? So if there's an explosion or a chemical leak. And so they have estimated that about 25 Million people in the United States live within these so-called blast zones or or affected areas. But some good news is that the U.S. freight rail infrastructure has received a B grade, has received a B grade by the infrastructure report card, which is an organization of engineers and architects and scientists. That go around and they're independent. They work off of donations in public. They're not a government agency and they go around and they grade infrastructure and most infrastructure in the United States is a D and F, the bridges, the aqueducts, the sewer systems, the, the dams um capitalism has hollowed the united states out just like it's hollowed the rest of the world out i'm not going to go down that rabbit hole about capitalism does not build shit up and tear shit down but that's another discussion but i was surprised you know i read the 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 rail overview on the condition capacity the operations maintenance uh even though it's an antiquated rail system it's like a, uh, a 18th century rail system the maintenance on the rail system is b And that's great for the United States if you know anything about U.S. infrastructure. So actually, they're saying that it was the train, that the train had actually was on fire before it derailed. So they said it wasn't the rail infrastructure, which is relatively, as far as U.S. infrastructure goes, pretty well maintained. It was the train itself that was faulty and caused the derail. So that gave me some comfort and I couldn't come on here. But if you live anywhere in Ohio, or, or neighboring Indiana, that Great Lakes area, man, be mindful, because the air and the groundwater are, are, have just, and it's already contaminated. But they let that shit burn off for 60 days and go into the atmosphere. They didn't even try to put the damn fire out. And they letting people go back to their homes and get back to business. This system is all about business. So, just saying. And I wanted to talk about the Turkey uh, catastrophe, the Turkish Syria uh, earthquake, because, you know, it's one of the largest natural disasters in, in, in this century so far. Um, but it's, it, it, it disturbs me that they call in Turkey and Syria natural disasters because the reason people are dying in that earthquake is not a result of the earthquake. They're dying as a result. If you go, I just have to look it up. Turkey in 2018 had a building boom. Turkey is a capitalist country and capitalists go all around the world in venture capitalists. Jay-Z is a venture capitalist now, and they go all around the world with this pot of money. And there was used to be regulations on how you could move money between borders. Because money was looked at like people, like your money and you were the same. So you can't just go from country to country. You need checks and balances. So if I wanted to take a large sum of money from the United States and move it over to 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 Europe or move it to Turkey, I had to go. There would be taxation. There would be limitations. There would be inquiries. But thanks to regulations, starting with the Reagan uh, and Clinton, the libertarian and, and, and not libertarian, but neoliberal policies. They decided money should be able to move freely across borders without any checks or balances. So people can't. Right? right now, we got people being whipped in water holes at the borders. We got people being shot at the borders. We got people in the Mediterranean being allowed to drown because they're trying to go from one country to the next. Trying to escape genocide, escape warfare, escape uh, uh, rape and mutilation and and, and drought and catastrophes, and people can't move across borders. But money moves freely around the world with nobody watching. And we accept it. But anyway, there was a housing boom and a lot of capitalist uh, investment because capitalists come somewhere, and uh, I can't get into it. Let me just say this. There was a housing boom in Turkey in 2018. The housing market collapsed because of all this speculation and saturation. And while the housing boom, people wanted to make money. And, you know, they weren't making houses for and buildings for people to live in. They were making buildings and houses to, in order to generate profits. And so they ignored building standards. And they did this illegal shit like they were mixing sea sand with concrete, which is literally turkey Uh, a nation that was on a major fault line was building up this shoddy uh, uh, architecture. And there are certain regulations that have to be followed. But, you know, the only thing the capitalists hate more than taxation is regulation. And they got everyday working people, anti-government. I don't like the government. Taxation is theft. They regulating us into death. It's too much regulation. Get out of our way. Let us grow. Let us develop. Turkey is what you get when you let capitalism take over, when you let the free market decide. It's not a natural uh, catastrophe. Right now, there are over 100 warrants for, for for building contractors building developers and con uh, and, and uh um and contractors and construction companies and construction they have over a hundred arrest warrants for mass murder and these people already got their millions of dollars they're in the Caribbean probably some of them scumbags are on the gold Coast. So they took all this money, built this shoddy construction that didn't follow basic building code regulations In the United States, the average house is built to withstand uh, 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 um, a, a, a uh, seven magnitude earthquake. In areas like California, they built those buildings to withstand upwards of eight to nine magnitude. Same thing in Japan. And the only thing that can get save us from this type of shit is strong regulation, oversight, inspection, infrastructure, bureaucracy that helps us. But we all think those are bad words because they get in the way of the market. They get in the way of profits. People who never earned profit. Every dime that ever came into their house, they worked for. They ain't never generated no dividends that was relevant enough to to live off of. And so every time you hear about this large 30,000 people, they say upwards of 50 to 60,000 people could die. So somebody can make money in the short run. You go look up. Turkey's building boom turns to uh, uh, bust. So in 2018, there was all this speculation, all this money coming in, all these code violations, all this corruption and bribery. And now with 30,000 people dead, so some piece of shit capitalist investor can make an extra few uh, points, move a decimal on a goddamn computer to the left or the right. We got people dying. And this is just the beginning. All over the world, this has been happening because instead of constructing homes for human habitations, they're constructing homes and building for profit. That is not a human. That is a capitalist catastrophe in Turkey. That is a capitalist catastrophe in Turkey. Don't let these corporate media tell you that it is a natural catastrophe. If the most basic, if the most basic construction policies were followed, if there was no speculative housing boom, If there were no corners cut and deregulation for the generation of capitalist profits for foreign investors, if that hadn't happened, the death toll would have been a fraction of what it is. It is a capitalist catastrophe, just like in Syria is an imperialist catastrophe. The reason Syria was so vulnerable, and they can't even count the bodies in Syria because there is a proxy war being waged, an imperialist proxy war by the United States, being waged a genocidal, illegal war criminal. That war was started, really, and a lot of times, oh, the war started under Obama. We always find out that 20 years before they told the public there was a war, they were sending in mercenaries. They were shipping weapons on the down low. The United States, before it declared war on Iraq, which it never did, the United States was attacking Iraq for more than a decade before, was bombing Infiltrating, blowing up infrastructure The United States is at war with Cuba as I speak Shooting Cuban planes out of the sky Contaminating and poisoning Cuban livestock And farmland Never declared war So I, oh, the war started with the Obama administration The war started with the Bush administration The war could have been going on since Kennedy Since JFK JFK was a warmongering piece of shit I, Oh he was a good president Yeah, he became a good president because the only good president, (laughs) I'm not going to finish that line. So, But he did eventually become a good president. (laughs) But yeah, so this we have to start really properly interpreting these things as this shit happens. We think, oh, it's just nature. Oh, it's just misfortune. Oh, what could be done? A lot of that shit could be done. We could stop. Allowing capitalists to cut corners for short term profit, endangering our lives and not just for earthquakes, but the food. The, 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 the chemicals and toxins they're allowing into the food manufacturing, the cheap cutting corners in manufacturing, manufacturing unsafe products like Tesla's all over the world, killing people, blur, uh, turn, burning up people, running down people, Tesla, allowing these rich motherfuckers. To put our lives in danger so they can get a fifth yacht. It's rich people out here buying mansions that they never set foot in. Rich people like buying. Who was that rich piece of shit that bought a mansion just to store store his artwork in? He never lived in it a day. I don't remember his name. These parasites, these human cancer cells that consume, consume, consume until they kill the host. Stop saying natural catastrophe. Stop saying natural disaster. Say capitalist catastrophe. Capitalist disaster. Let's move on to the topic. What is, what's today's topic? Coon unity. I'm a little under a weather. Y'all have to bear with me. I didn't think I'd make it this far. I just want to play some De La Soul records and chill. Anyway and I can't even take the license. The tea is helping. Thank you. I'm not even getting thoughts and prayers in the comments. Just because I start the show off talking down on religions don't mean y'all can't pray for me. (laughs) I ain't got one well wish. I tell you, I'm not feeling well, and everybody's just watching me. Ain't nobody been like, oh, brother, prayers. Anyway, it's not funny. <laughs> y'all, I mean, I don't believe in God, but y'all do. <laughs> y'all got if y'all got healing magical powers, healing energy and vibrations. It's <laughs> like I tear down capitalism. I still want y'all to send me money. There you go. I got some love and light. I had to ask for it. It's not, I don't, I appreciate it anyway. I'm getting love and light. <laughs> Thank you. Gosh. And I'm sweating. This is not a natural glow. But anyway, I'll be all right. Go relax. Go get some of that non-FDA approved witch doctor treatment from my wife. Some of her herbal tinctures. Anyway. uh, Let me say. Thank you. I appreciate it. But anyway, coon unity. Of course, coon unity is a play on the word called community. Right? And I say we incentivize sellouts. I don't even know why I got to talk about this. I ain't got to talk about our living. But there's some good news. Idris Elba. Idris Elba came out the coon closet and said, I'm not a black actor. (laughs) He's dudes, man. I mean, you already, you paid already. Why you sell out after you get paid? Why you coon after you get paid? It's weird as hell. Idris Allen came out and said, I'm I'm not a block actor in this race. He claims black people are too fixated on race. But of course, after he said it, his publicist, you know, I always imagine these coon ass black actors, right? These coon ass black celebrities. And to me, it's good. You know, there was two dudes I was I was worried about that I thought my wife might slide into their DMs. One dude was Khalid Muhammad. He's with the ancestors now. My wife and I, we both love Khalid Muhammad, but I think she loved Khalid Muhammad just a little bit more. Even after I shaved my head, she didn't look at me the same way she looked. at. But Khalid Muhammad has passed on to the ancestors, so that competition is no longer there. But then I'm thinking maybe would she slide into the only other dude I think besides Khalid Muhammad? She would slide into Idris Elba's DMs, but not not no more because my wife hates coons. She hates sellouts. She hates sellouts, so you know I can let myself go now. I could just let I could stop all my grooming and my hygiene. I could just put my feet up, don't have to buy new underwear, just wear the same old tattered underwear. Drink beer, and I don't have to try anymore because my competition just took itself off. To... <laughs> let me stop playing. Sometimes my wife listens to the show. Every <laughs> right time people, I'm in DM. I just said it was DM. Anyway. Because she don't like, she don't like gritty violent stuff. Like I love the wire, and she watched the wire with me. Like, and I know she don't like that stuff, people shooting and killing. She likes, you know, light stuff. She likes uplifting, positive, and airy and romantic stuff. So why is she sitting watch the wire with me? She don't like that kind of stuff. So anyway, Idris Coonan. But it's our fault. Because we incentivize selling out. The black community, we talk all this shit about sellouts, keep it real, stay true. But the way we conduct ourselves as a people and the way y'all each conduct yourselves individually, we give every incentive to sell out. We give people no motivation and no incentive to remain loyal to the black community. None whatsoever. I feel like a goddamn fool. I feel like a fool, and it ain't just a feeling in my heart. I look like a goddamn fool. My wife, too. We are skilled people. We're skilled people. And we forego a lot of quote unquote opportunities in order to stay true to ourselves and to our people to make positive contribution to the just aspiration of our people. So Idris Elba is just the symptom of a much larger problem. But here's what I imagine, because you got these coon celebrities who sell us out to go to a cocktail party. White white folks invite black people into this world that they think is so. You know, how are you going to just abandon your identity because you got to go to a cocktail party at Madonna's mansion or some weird shit? A Negro get invited to get to dress up in a fancy suit and go to the Met Gala to go to some penthouse with a martini and be like, oh, I'm no longer black. Ooh, 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 ooh. What the hell is wrong with y'all? You get a car, you pay off your car note. Negroes pay off their car note and be thinking, oh, I love capitalism. I love this system. I'm down. Forget all that black stuff. I paid my car. No, I made my last car payment, and I'm up here with the Rockefellers now. I'm a Rothschild. Y'all sell out for nothing over nothing, crumbs to rub elbows. It's weird. So Aegis Elba says, I'm not black. And then you got these black people and the white people who own them. They call them managers. I call them corralers. Herdsmen. And so Idris Elba be sitting in there. He's in Esquire magazine. And I'm sure they plied him with some drinks. And they brought him in. And they had these white women do they, his makeup. And all these little models. And all this little cracker shit. This weird white shit. And he's sitting there. And he really feeling himself. So he's like, yeah, I don't consider myself black. Black is too man. <laughs> How you guys like, like How you that, like, if you ain't nothing else. If you ain't nothing else, you black. That's that's you, you was born black, you gonna, what his parents look like? Let me see his parents. This goddamn fool, I'm not a black actor. He don't describe himself. This dude looked like he was giving birth, remember? Look at this dude's father, man my son ever did some shit like that look at that look at his mama oh beautiful african woman i ain't gonna let y'all see i could share a screen but i ain't giving this dude no eye look at his african parents they raised man listen man that's why you gotta kick if you go if your child if you think your child gonna bug out you gotta kick their ass quick my oldest son i think i could take him I think hand to hand, man to man, I think, but I ain't got too much time. In another few more years, he put on another five, 10 pounds. I can't whoop his ass no more. So if I thought my son would go out like this, get lifted up by the black community, you know, dudes from England got famous playing a U.S. to the black community be lifting these Negroes up on our shoulders only to have them dump on us. They become Icons. They become wealthy. They become renowned. They travel the world off of the blackness, embodying, representing black culture. And then they get up there with white folks and be like, I don't consider myself black. Coon of coons. So anyway, it's our fault that they do this, that they feel they could. And then they get a call, right? So you're a Negro celebrity. And the white people, or as Kanye says, the Jews. <laughs> <sighs> Kanye, man, Kanye, man, he got a lot of nerves. Talk about what the Jews, and you know, I already talked about how Kanye robbed his own artist. And Kanye made a big announcement that he was going to give all the masters back to the good music, getting out our dreams. He's like, he's giving all the good music artists back their masters. And them artists are still waiting. Every few weeks, i look and see if he gave it back. He ain't that, Kanye, cra... Kanye ain't that crazy. He crazy, but he ain't that crazy. Yo, poor Kanye, you talk about Kanye's mental ill. If he was so crazy, he ain't crazy enough to get back the Masters. But I digress. <laughs> anyway, selling out. Okay, let me talk. I ain't going to be able to, uh... oh, Pusher T. They say Pusher T got his Masters back. It ain't out of the goodness of Kanye's heart. If a can do with corn rolls, come and ask me for something. He got it. You, you got it, player. That's you. You got me. <laughs> Did Pusha T get his master's? Good for him. One down. What? Like two dozen to go. Okay, let's let's calm down. Let's let's get back to. It. See, I tell you, I'm on these blues. That's why I, I can't focus. <laughs> My throat is on fire. It hurts. Shambles. Pollen. Get me out this country. OK, let's just stick to the topic. <laughs> Coon unity. I don't think we have a community. I hear black people all the time talking about for the culture and, and the black community and culture vultures and culture banditry. But then I try to look at it from a practical standpoint, understanding what culture is. <clears throat> culture. It's what they put in a Petri dish. Culture are the elements that help a people sustain themselves and thrive that are contained within a defined space, right? So black culture are, is supposed to be have defined parameters, and it's not a sealed container. It's a permeable or porous container that allows things to go in and out But it is a defined space and within that defined space are all the things that black people need to develop and grow. Right. That's what culture is. It's kind of like the culture in a Petri dish. You want to grow a particular type of cell or bacteria. You have to have a particular environment. It has to be at the right temperature. It has to have the right nutrients. It has to have the right amount of light and shade. It has to be curated. culture is not something that is natural. Culture is something that is consciously and developed and consciously and deliberately developed and curated and maintained. And I hear black people talk about the culture. We real sensitive about our culture. We talk about culture vultures and all that, but I don't really think we really grasp what culture is. Because there are three things within culture. The three types of culture that I see. First, you have actual culture, which is what I just described. And then you have what I call anti-culture, where things that people define or see as their culture, but it does the opposite of what culture is supposed to do. So you really believe you're engaged in cultural practices, but what you are truly engaged in is anti-culture. And what most black people, when they say for the culture, uh, do it for the culture and all that shit is actually anti-culture. What is supposed to have a, a containment and not containment in where black people think, well, if I'm black, then I'm limited. That's what Idris Elba said. This black shit has limited him. To be identified as black limits him. And so he's an anti-culture. And then what I also have is called aesthetics of culture or a surface culture. Surface culture is when all a people have left are the trappings of their culture. Fashion, music, dances, certain dietary traditions. But the, the foundations and material elements of their culture are absent. So we black on the surface. But when you go down to the roots, everything is white, essentially, European, Arab. So I without culture, you don't have a people without culture. We are little more than primates. One of the things that make humans unique is that we can consciously construct our environment. We can plan for the future. We can reflect on the past. That's unique to humans. There might be other complex life forms that have the capacity to do this, but they're very few and far between. And humans exist within culture. We have evolved to exist within societies, communities and culture. And when we are put outside of societies, community, culture, it is very disorienting towards us. It is literally torture to be isolated. Isolation is considered a form of torture. Many countries, civilized nations, unlike the United States, have banned things like solitary confinement or when a human being is lost at sea or when a human being is trapped on an isolated region or island. They begin to deteriorate, even if they have necessary food, even if they have good, clean water, even if they have shelter. If they are isolated from interaction, from being a part of a culture, of a community, of a society, we begin to mentally and physically deteriorate. Human connection and being engaged with other human beings relieves physical pain. It helps our body, to circulatory and neurological systems to function. Interacting and talking and being in the space of other people helps you to think cognitive development. Isolation is detrimental to human beings, as detrimental as toxins, as diseases and viruses and, and, and toxic bacteria. So culture, we have so evolved and other like, complex life forms, especially when the more complex and developed the brain is. We are culturally oriented. And so to be so dependent and so oriented around culture, to have so much rhetoric around culture, it is really disturbing to me how little the black community understands about culture. We want people to value our culture, but we don't value our culture. I see so many people pushing back against cultural appropriation. How some random white girl wears her hair. How some random white girl darkens her skin in blackfish. How some random white dude wants to get on the mic and have black vernacular and black mannerisms and how they try to copy our swag. But the fundamental, the essence, the material elements of our culture, we just let that shit go to waste. We neglect it. And we got so much focus and orientation towards uh, aesthetic culture and surface culture and anti-culture. We need to return to our culture. All warfare is cultural. Dale Jones says 90 percent of warfare is culture. If they get your culture, you're done. And that is shown out through history. We saw the army. The United States military had aircraft carriers satellite-guided missiles, the most advanced weaponry that a trillion dollars a year could buy you. And they get defeated by malnourished, illiterate goat herders and opium farmers in the mountains. They get ran up out of Iraq with some angry retired school teachers using non-conventional weapons. And when the U.S. says, oh, i.e. improvised weapons, non conventional weapons what does that mean that means they went to the local hardware store they went to the high school chemistry lab non conventional improvised they went to a car junkyard and went into a junkyard where the us soldiers are wearing this this new tactical gear this new tactical mesh and these and and these 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 uh uh, uh, what do they call these these special visors where they could see thermal imaging, black and see in the dark. Got these machine guns with these ceramic bullets and these these depleted uranium uh, tank penetrating rounds and these drones that fly above the skyline. You can't even see it. You had women and children sitting, women sitting, suckling their babies, and they're turned to paste. Nothing left to bury. And before you died, before they died, all they heard was a slight whistle. And that's it. And you're gone because the, the drones would fly so high above the cloud line. You couldn't see them. And the and the and the missiles would come in so fast. You heard just a brief half second whistle before you were paced. Nothing left to bury. And yet they ran this military up out of their country. And to this day, for the next 50 years, you're going to be stepping over veterans in the streets. They're going to be getting high on opium, opioids. Why? Because the culture. They couldn't defeat Vietnam because they couldn't penetrate them people's culture. And everybody talks about China. China is the second biggest economy. We need to do what the Chinese did. We need our own Chinatown. You're just looking at the surface. I always hear people refer back to China's rise of the economy. China was colonized. China underwent uh, 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 opium wars. China went through all this and they always ignore the cultural revolution. They always ignore Sinocentrism. They always ignore the ideology. They always ignore what really got it. wasn't because China's had some factories. You could take those same goddamn factories to Africa and it would collapse. Why? Because of the culture. Because Africans are praying to Allah and Jesus Christ. Instead of Obatala, Kulukungu, Amun-Ra. The real elements of culture. So we don't have a community. We got coon unity. We don't know who to celebrate and who to demonize. We don't know who to rally around and who to shun and abandon. We're looking at Rihanna, thinking that's an accomplishment. We're looking at those two uh, uh, Negroes on the football field, chasing balls, and oh, two black quarterbacks and Rihanna. Oh, uh, uh, this is black. Oh, the Oscars is black. Did a fifty. 50- we don't know when people are insulting us because we're not oriented towards our culture. We think oh, the black money, getting money is our culture. STEM. We had a bunch of black kids for the last decade that was told STEM, STEM, go get some STEM. We need STEM. We need to close the technology gap. And now what do you do? Massive layoffs in the tech industry. Massive layoffs. And then they were like, well, you know, you went to STEM, but there's a a, a coder in India who will work for a fraction of what you work for. And it's instantaneous communication. So I can get code from India within a second. So what I need to pay you and then, you know, because of regulations, I got to give you healthcare, I got to give you paid time off. I got to give you a a minimum wage. Uh, I'll just go to India and exploit there because we thought, oh, they can't offshore everything. And they figured, oh, the hell we can't offshore everything. We can't offshore health care. That's a STEM degree. Yeah, but we'll bring in nurses from the Philippines and give them special uh, visas. And pay them like eight dollars an hour and have them live in dormitories and do nursing. And so we always trying to figure out and anticipate what the white folks want right now. There are little black kids in middle school, grade school. And all their parents could think to do is where's the white man going? Is he going to go deeper into this tech thing? Artificial intelligence? Is he going to be agriculture? What's going to be the next thing that the white man wants to do? So I can orient this black child. To develop skills to serve this white man. And those same black people would be like, I'm for the culture. I'm rooting for everybody black. They'll be at Kwanzaa. They mad at me because I say to hell with Black History Month. They'll be eating barbecue chicken, barbecue turkey legs at the next Juneteenth festival. For the culture. They, they love she go to the church and her husband go to the barbershop steeped in black culture. That's not black culture. Black culture is number one, our ideology, our worldview. What do, how do we see the world and our role in it? What type of world do we construct? We are not engaged in culture as African people. We don't have a community. We are subsidiaries. We are a subculture of the dominant white culture. We claim we want freedom. We claim we want revolution. We claim we want reparations. But our oppressors know. When 89% of black households are tuned into the Super Bowl, we're not serious. When we losing our shit beyond Beyonce tickets. They are like, we got their culture on lock. I was just reviewing um, with my wife, Dave Chappelle's block party. I am not a Dave Chappelle fan. I don't deny the brothers talented. I don't deny that he's talented, but I don't like this dude for so many reasons. But Lauren Hill was supposed to close out the show, but Lauren Hill, the artist, couldn't get clearance to perform her songs from the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which was the hottest record, hip hop record in history at that time. There had been no; it was a phenomenon, and she went to the white boys. That she voluntarily sound like a choice. She voluntarily signed on with and was like, yo, I want to perform my music. And they was like, no, we we are not going to clear. They wouldn't clear the music. And Dave Chappelle got up on stage and was like, oh, we were going to have Lauren Hill close out the show. But Columbia wouldn't allow us, wouldn't clear her music. Lauren Hill was there, but she couldn't perform her songs. And so then they were like, but she has agreed to perform with Wyclef and Pros. She's going to perform with the Fuji's. And people were just like, OK, like that's normal for us. White boys telling us what music we can play, even if we write and compose the song, they own it for the culture. And then these same rich artists who didn't and didn't get tricked, didn't get coerced. They didn't put no gun in your head. They didn't put no whip to your back. You voluntarily sat there so that you could get a gold Jesus piece with the blue. Kanye was on the show and he had Jesus piece with blue eyes. That should have. Let me see. He had a special Jesus piece with blue ruby eyes. Blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus. Here it is. And everybody ran out. Let me see. They don't have him wearing it. God is using me to show out. Punk ass. I don't even know what those are. What are blue diamonds? They make blue diamonds? Anyway. ah, uh, I ain't what Let's discuss. Okay, so. We don't have real community. And you as a black person are not doing a good or positive thing, simply going in and, and living within the community. And so black people basically fit into four boxes and, and people like to distort shit because I'll be talking about sellouts and uncle Toms and people come to me and it's like, Oh, so having a job makes me a sellout. <laughs> Having a job makes me a sellout. It's just like somebody's a thief. You call somebody a thief and then they find the most benign thing to try to defend themselves. You're a thief. You broke in the house and stole grandma's VCR microwave. Y'all don't even know what a VCR is. And they say, oh, I'm a thief. Oh, so, so you mean to tell me if I take an extra packet of sugar from Starbucks, I'm a thief now. You know, that's not what the hell I'm saying. But you'll try to go to the most obscure point to obfuscate what I'm saying. I'm not calling you a thief because you take an extra packet of ketchup from McDonald's or an extra packet of sugar from Starbucks. Calling you a thief because you kicked in your own mama's front door and stole her TV off the wall. And sold for drugs. That's what makes you a thief. So then I tell people, you're a sellout. Oh, I'm a sellout because I got a job. I got a sellout because I want to send my kids to college. I'm a sellout because I don't want to live in a dangerous neighborhood. No, motherfucker, you're a sellout because you have embraced the value system and agenda of your white oppressors. You don't take time to, to educate and equip yourself to be an asset and an ally of your community. You're a sellout because you're willing to allow uh, atrocities to go on around the world and ignore them if it means that you get to gain some short-term, short-sighted personal benefit. You're not a sellout because you work a job or you want to send your kid to college or because you want to start a business. You are a sellout if you look up to and aspire to be a black billionaire and a part of the ecocidal capitalist system. Yes. But every time people are like, oh, you can't people call people Uncle Tom's and sellouts. So you do have people who are traitors. You do have people who aren't doing what is necessary to survive, who aren't doing what is necessary to live A dignified life. You got black people out here who are doing what is necessary to become full allies and full participants in the imperialist, capitalist, racist, white hegemony system. And I know sellout isn't even the best word. We sometimes misuse these words. Sellout, in order to be a sellout, you have to have at one point bought in. So in order to truly be a sellout, Like, Dave Chappelle is a sellout. But I don't think Eddie Murphy is a sellout. Because Eddie Murphy, you know, if you notice Dave Chappelle's career trajectory, he had the red, black, and green. And he promoted himself as a promotional tool. because It's because of when and where he came up. Eddie Murphy rose up in the 70s. He was in the post. If Eddie Murphy was career was exploding just a decade before, I think he would have been a very different comic. I think Eddie Murphy would have been more aligned with Richard Pryor in terms of his political commentary and in terms of his socio- ideological commentary. You know, but because he came up just on the cusp of the late 70s, 80s in the Greco era, greed is good, capitalist Reagan era. He was a Reagan era comic. Uh, 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 Jared Ball was just Informing me, I'm gonna just go and say Jerry Ball was informing me about how the time and the atmosphere can make the person. But really, to be honest with you, the time and environment makes the inauthentic person. Because he was talking about how black athletes and black celebrities would be pro-black when the community's pro-black, when there's a movement for them to graft onto. But I don't trust motherfuckers like that. If you can't be pro-black when it ain't popular, when it ain't on and popping, when it's not trending, when it's not popular, then you're not fucking pro-black. You're not revolutionary. You're not conscious. You are an opportunist. And our movement can't afford opportunists. And I hate to say this. I should just go off the air right now because I'm about to say some things. Like Muhammad Ali was black as hell. But as soon as the movement got cointelpro he was a conservative. He was voting for Reagan. Right? All these champs. Shit was weird. Shit was weird. You know? So, yeah. He was like, you're yeah, the time. If we want another Muhammad Ali, if we want to have another Muhammad Ali, we got to put the movement in the street. We got to put the, we got to get the movement in the street. And that's what he was telling me. That's what he's telling me. And I, and you know, y'all run and tell Dr. Ball, y'all snitch on everything y'all do. I'll probably get some, before I get home, my my text message. (laughs) But I'm not with that shit. Oh, the movements make the people. So if we take to the streets and get hosed down by water hoses, get beat by Billy Clubs, get shot by these goddamn pigs, and then Jay-Z will start to wear a red, black, and green wristband, and Jay-Z will start to wear Che Guevara T-shirts. But the moment... The movement gets suppressed. The movement gets scattered. They go right back. Fuck that shit. That's not culture. So I don't want the times to make the man. You know, we had a discussion where he was talking about LeBron James. And he said some on point, 100% accurate shit about LeBron James. LeBron James ain't with us. He ain't for us. And we shouldn't be looking to LeBron James for shit. He is a capitalist. He is a class enemy. And his interests align with the oppressors, not the black masses. But then he said, we can't expect LeBron James to be conscious because we haven't. Why why the hell we can't? Why we got to be in the movement dying? Why we got to be having our brains blown out by the goddamn pigs? LeBron James can't look at capitalism, white hegemony and the destruction of the ecosystem. Does he not have offspring? Does he know that the toxins In the environment, don't give a shit about your bank account. Doesn't he know global warming and the climate disruption? Don't give a damn about your credit score. Don't he know. That the wealthy Jews were on the cattle train right next to the poor, no account Jews, Jewish composers and Jewish athletes. He knows this shit. So we got to die and shed blood in the streets of the people with the least amount of resources. People with the least amount of time, the people with the least amount of access to support. Got to get out here and convince our elites to fight for us and to stand with us. Fuck that and fuck them. We have coon unity, coon unity. A bunch of traitors. And what I call deflectors, you got traitors like Obama, like Dave Chappelle, for Dave Chappelle to stand on the stage with Elon Musk. Now, if you're a black man working in the Elon Musk factory, get your money, boo boo. Do your job to the lowest point of your ability. Do what you got to do and take your ass home. If you're a black person and you got money for a Tesla and you can save money on gas and drive your goddamn car but don't go bring the racist owner on stage. So these are traitors, race traitors, but then you have the deflectors like Idris Elba. I'm not black. Oh, race, we need to get over race. And people who try to deflect and say, hey, listen, this is an existential conflict. Black dignity, black liberation, Black existence, human existence is in direct and open warfare and conflict with white hegemony and capitalism, but people are like, oh no, the problem is we need to get money. We need to have our own stores. We need our own banks. That's deflecting. Getting money will not liberate us. In fact, the process and the mentality towards getting all this money further entrenches us in their power in their power di- in their power paradigm black people getting becoming billionaires empowers white people power is the ability to define reality and if you are functioning within their reality i don't care how much you rise up or how great you are in their reality you still giving power and validation to them and then we have the masses the sheeple the the the, the people do me and at last, you have probably the 5%. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I wish the 5% were right. If 5% of the population was conscious and revolutionary, we'd be in a much different... i say it's probably less than a full 1% of the population who's truly conscious and revolutionary. But anyway, we got to consciously construct culture. And African, the center core stone, the nucleus of any black culture today has to be liberation. And liberation means anti-capitalism, anti-white hegemony, anti-imperialism, anti-colonialism. It doesn't mean getting a good job and building a goddamn black Wall Street. Anyway. Then in that turn, I need to talk about uh, self-determination, racial integrity. But anyway, I won't be here next Monday because I'll be in California. And I won't be on the uh, mix show Friday because I'll be traveling on that day. Not driving. I don't drive. I travel with more sovereign. (laughs) Stupid shit. Anyway, uh, I will be on Black Power Media Wednesday night. I'll be talking about financial literacy and hopefully I'll pick up on these points. It's all in the same ecosystem, black media. There's some other things I want to talk about, but I. uh, uh, I appreciate you being here. Please like, share, subscribe, comment, thumbs up, all the stuff to, to, to get that algorithm hustle going. Please like, share, subscribe. Share this with your enemies, allies, lovers. And homies. Thank everyone who's made contributions, even though the contributions and support for the Bro Diallo show has gone down significantly. I don't know what I did. All I do is come on here and lift. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing or why I do it. But I mean, so please, you know, And if you want to sustain the Bro Diallo show, if you want me to, 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 to continue to be able to broadcast and come here and, and, and engage with us, please, if you're in a position to please make a contribution, become a Patreon or make a contribution uh, at Diallo can, Bro Diallo, Cash App, Venmo, Patreon, and other ways you can support the Bro Diallo broadcast. And with that, I will bid you adieu, rest in peace to, to Dave, AKA true goy, the dove, AKA plug Two. uh, shout out to De La Soul much appreciation and love to De La Soul. Um, we opened up the show with it's so easy. Um, and, uh, we're going to close out the show with, uh, potholes in my lawn, um, off the, the track, uh, three feet high and rising. Um, and, uh, Listen, he died of chronic congestive heart failure. I had seen about a year and a half ago he had posted about, you know, he was on special medications and had this special heart monitor that he, you know, and uh, like I said, it's crazy black men. If we we live long enough uh, to avoid dying because of street violence and we end up being taken out at a higher rate for chronic disease, congestive heart failure. You know, and that's that is a byproduct of coronary artery disease, you know, and that is a byproduct of lifestyle, diet and the hyper stress that we live under stress hormones that 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 saturate our our endocrine that disrupt our endocrine system. It's so much. I mean, maybe we'll start talking more about holistic health and ways to combat and prevent uh, chronic disease because, uh, you know, we're getting up there, you know. And I want y'all to, like Ice-T said at the end of colors, y'all please stop, because I want y'all to live. So anyway, peace, and I will see y'all where we at. See y'all Wednesday evening on Black Power Media. Peace.